is Ethereum going to be censored? Polkadot hits all time high when it comes to development and Stella Lumens is bringing out a new smart contracts platform. That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In this week's episode, we'll talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum, but we will keep it fairly short because we have some interesting news on Polkadot's side, as well as Stella Lumens or Stellar would like to talk about their new smart contract platform and what exactly that could mean for the developers and the price action. But before we jump in, let's first talk about two news stories that are quite interesting. On one side, we have here why crypto remittance companies are flocking to Mexico. So Mexico has become a quite interesting country when it comes to crypto services mainly because of the remittance market and a majority of the remittance market is actually coming from the US so a lot of people in the US are sending money over the border to Mexico that is for example why Coinbase has set up a specific service for US citizens to send money to Mexico that is also one of the reasons why Tether the company behind the stablecoin USDT has created this MXNT stablecoin in back in May actually and another interesting company from Malaysia has uh, started their service they actually opened up a business uh, unit in Mexico as well they're called Belfrix and it's a digital currency exchange so a lot of companies are actually moving to Mexico and why is that mainly because of this specific stat the remittances to the country have increased in July so around 5.3 billion US dollars are the remittance market sizes when it comes to Mexico. That is actually an increase of 16.5% year over year and that just essentially means a lot of crypto companies will flock to Mexico to actually build out new business, set up their shops there to uh, offer products and services in Mexico. We'll continue with some news and we'll talk about India because India's finance minister Nirmala Sita Raman is actually looking to bring up these standard operating procedures to the G20. As you know, the G20 are 19 countries plus the EU and the goal will be essentially to build out a global crypto regulation framework. We have heard from many sites as well as the G20 and, and some people in India, some politicians in India, where we heard that um, kind of locally regulating cryptos doesn't make a lot of sense. You will have a lot of differences between the countries, even within the EU. We now have a very strong and strict regulation when it comes to cryptos. And the finance minister is actually making exactly that argument. She's saying that we will need a global regulation in order for this to become a thing. Otherwise, the differences between the countries will be too much and people will be unsure. And of course, keyword here is for for example DeFi or NFTs so if fraud happens if anything happens in one country how are you going to regulate that in any kind of capacity that is the big question because of course we have people founders users from different jurisdictions and different countries and there we need a bit more clarity when it comes to regulation so this will probably come in the coming months and years so up until November 2023 the finance minister is actually going to start with the standard operating procedures 
ideally to formulate at least a base that the G20 can agree on. Now let's move on to Bitcoin and jump into this new story right here. El Salvador's Bitcoin experiment so far. It's looking actually a bit sad. 60 million US dollars lost, 375 million US dollars spent and little to show so far. And this guy, of course, the president, Nayib Bukele, has announced it in big news that they want to become the Bitcoin city, the volcano city, where the volcano energy is actually powering the Bitcoin miners and the Bitcoin miners are bringing money towards El Salvador. And they even launched this interesting uh, bond, the volcano bond, they call it, or the Bitcoin bond, which is essentially a bond from El Salvador for other countries or people that you can buy in order to finance their volcano city experiment the problem is just not a lot of El Salvadorians are actually using Bitcoin in daily life. As you know, Bitcoin has been made a legal tender, so a legal currency in El Salvador. Essentially, every store has to accept it. But the problem is, of course, that Bitcoin's price drop has um, caused a lot of people a bit of yeah, uncertainty when it comes to using Bitcoin. Why would you use an asset that would use or lose so much of its value? And here what we can see that some people, some engineers, some citizens have actually mentioned that the usage hasn't increased that much. 60% currently are still not really savvy when it comes to mobile phone usage. And of course, in order to use the Bitcoin Lightning Network, El Salvador has introduced this interesting app called the Chivo app, which is essentially a Bitcoin wallet based on the Lightning Network in order, for example, to pay in the major stores. Now the major stores such as McDonald's, Starbucks and the bigger malls are of course accepting Bitcoin but the smaller stores are not really kind of open to use Bitcoin in El Salvador. That's one thing. The other thing is that stats actually show that it's mostly the tourists who use Bitcoin and in that turn maybe the Bitcoin experiment was actually quite positive because El Salvador has increased tourism especially from crypto natives and crypto fans. In my opinion it's still very very early to judge. It was a very bold experiment. It was a very bold step but I do think that we're still going to see some interesting stuff happening in and around El Salvador. Now what has the Bitcoin chart done this week? Not a lot has changed honestly. We're still in this interesting range. For me I'm still waiting essentially on the coming days and weeks. A lot of people are saying still that the October or November month could potentially be still a very major month with some downturns. In my opinion, after the inflation numbers hit, we already hit kind of the bottom, but you never know. So with the stock market in shambles as well, it could very well be that we will see the lower 12 to 13,000. Up until then, you can still range trade this quite easily if you want, of course, again, with very tight risk management. Now let's jump on to Ethereum because some interesting stuff has happened on the Ethereum network and it's a almost political topic. The censorship resistance is one of the topics that cryptocurrencies 
such as Bitcoin and Ethereum have always touted as one of their main, uh, I want to say, feature. So censorship res resistance is very, very important. Uh, decentralization is a very important feature of cryptocurrencies. And now, unfortunately, it looks like this whole censorship resistance topic is actually slowly but surely moving away. Now, why is that? Specifically, because of how the Ethereum blocks are being validated. So MEV is an important topic here, maximal extractable value. And it refers to the rewards that the block builders and validators receive from reordering transactions within a block. Now, Flashbots is a company that actually um, is uh, or has built technology in order to do this specifically they're calling it a relay so the relay is actually uh, in charge of reordering or transmitting these transactions towards the outside and the thing is flashbots at the same time has the biggest relay now flashbots is a company that has said that they want to stay within the OFAC uh, guidelines and actually not include any for example tornado cash addresses and tornado cash transactions that in turn has caused the following image to appear we can even increase this a bit further and what we're seeing here right now is that about 51% of all the ethereum blocks that have been produced as of uh, October 14 are actually OFAC compliant only 7% are not OFAC compliant and 43% still have this non-MEV boost so this MEV EV boost is actually the technology that Flashbots has developed. Now, 51% essentially means that more than 51% of the blocks or more than 50% of the blocks are actually uh, made with transactions that are OFAC compliant, meaning Tornado Cash transactions are not included. Now, that, of course, has caused some trouble within the community because a lot of people in the Ethereum community have started this Ethereum experiment with the goal to stay censorship resistant. And of course, a lot of people within the community are also a bit scared of this topic called CBDC, where we will essentially move to a model where a government is bringing out something like a cryptocurrency, but it's essentially private, it's very one-sided, and it's only transparent to the government, not to the um, users. Now, interestingly, in South Korea, for example, we've heard news that South, the South Korean government is actually working on a blockchain-based ID that will include finance, health, transportation, and other things within one ID, and the whole thing should be blockchain-based. Now, interestingly, there is that the goal will be that this thing will be decentralized. It won't be that the government can spy on the phones or on the IDs, etc., etc. So how this exactly will look in practice we still don't know fact is 51 percent of the enforced OFAC compliance is an issue especially for the ethereum community for example here we have martin Köppelmann. he's the co-founder of the gnosis trading protocol quite an important protocol in the ethereum community and he is saying dear flashbots team i spoke to many of you personally and you committed to take actions if censorship resistance or if censorship becomes worse but if not now when then so this will become a very hot topic in the coming future will ethereum actually be the one chain that is decentralized and actually censorship resistance.
Talking about Ethereum, quite interesting. You can also stake your Ethereum on Swiss code now. This is fairly new. And as you know, Ethereum staking is somewhat limited if you want to do the partial staking, meaning you can pay in your Ethereum. You cannot take them out there within a specific lock period. Of course, down the road, you will get them out. But in order to secure the Ethereum network, you actually get five point or up to five 0.28% per year. Keep in mind, there are also some fees related to that. So around 20% of the rewards will be fees that go to Swisscode. But of course, it is much, much easier to actually do this on the platform here on Ethereum. So it's 20% of the rewards go to Swisscode, but you have a secure platform and it's essentially to stake your Ethereum. The minimum to stake, that is also quite interesting because you Usually in Ethereum staking, you would have to have at least 32 Ethereum, but now you can start it with 0.001 ETH and you can do it within your Swiss code account. Let's have a look at, this, at the Ethereum chart. And here again, not a lot has happened. It's almost getting boring. That might be actually a good sign because that also means that we might have reached the bottom. But essentially, we're still in this movement. And again, I'm even kind of increasing here um, this interesting zone here where I have set some buy limit orders because I do believe that we might see the Ethereum price drop once again, especially if those theories of a bad October or a bad November will actually realize. Now, moving on, we should also talk about Polkadot because they are hitting all-time highs in development activity. Now, development activity is important. Why? Specifically, because usually the tools and the platforms with the most friendly or developer-friendly uh, tools for developers to actually join in usually turn on the innovation quite a lot. And of course, you can also make the argument that we have seen this in traditional, in the traditional tech world as well. For example, Amazon with AWS or Apple with the Apple Store. So as soon as a platform like this opens up, usually it brings new innovation and that in turn brings new end customers and that in turn means more demand for the specific project. Currently, what we're seeing is that Polkadot is actually doing around 500 contributions each day. That is code contributions every day on the platform GitHub. And it looks like Polkadot is reaching all-time highs when it comes to development activities. That in turn, again, means a lot of developers are building on either Polkadot or Kusama. It's kind of startup chain, if you want. And that could also mean that Polkadot in the future could become a very, very popular protocol. Now we can see here, for example, in August, a total of 14,930 developers contributions were made on the Polkadot GitHub system. But you also have to keep in mind that the Polkadot GitHub repository is just one package. And you should also have a look at the sub packages there as well. So quite interesting when it comes to Polkadot, Looking at the price, we can still see here that kind of the price has reached the uh, beginning of 21. So kind of this, this interesting bottom that we formed here at the beginning of 21, we've reached pretty much the same uh, amount now. So could be that the bottom is forming over here. Obviously, I've had this Fibonacci sequence drawn here with kind of the local top here of around 10.73. So this for me, for example, is the next kind of bigger hurdle that Polkadot has to reach in order to actually continue going up.
Now, let's also talk about Stellar or specifically Stellar Development Foundation, a nonprofit that is actually in charge of making sure that the Stellar platform and blockchain is continuing to rise. They have launched something called Soroban and Soroban is essentially their smart contract platform. It was announced last week at the conference in Rome and essentially Stella hasn't had smart contract functionality built into their own platform. Now Stella is one of the biggest platforms when it comes to uh, cross-border payments of course and um, this is of, of course a very very important topic as we've seen with the Mexico news story at the beginning. Now the Soroban uh, adoption fund is something that the Stellar Development Foundation has created. 100 million US dollars will be spent for developers and development projects in order to build up the activity on Soroban. So essentially what we've seen with Polkadot in the past with the development funds or with Solana or with Algorand we now see with Stellar and that in turn could mean that the development activity brings new innovation, brings new users and that in turn brings projects. Uh, action towards the upside. So that is one of the theses that I'm following. That's why I do think that the Stellar project is quite interesting, although it is fairly old project. So 2016, 2017, where it has its kind of last shine. We can also see it here from the chart. It has been more or less stagnant here as well. So very similar December 2020 was kind of the local bottom here. And now we're forming again a very local bottom. Now, even if we draw the Fibonacci sequence here, we can see some interesting stuff happening over here. So obviously this 0.18 seems to be an interesting zone. So we should keep this in mind, especially when looking also at the development activity on Soroban and Stellar as a whole. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Make sure that you subscribe to not miss any crypto news. I will see you on the next one. Have a good one. Oh, 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 oh,